Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about movement and creativity. Lots of forms of art require physical movement to carry out, such as wedging clay, hauling painting panels around, uh, grinding lithostones, carrying supplies for plein air painting into the field. Even more sedentary art practices may require periods of stretching and moving to avoid becoming stiff and sore. But the importance of movement goes beyond just being physically fit for work. Today, we're going to talk about the importance of movement in our art practices, including exercise, but also movement intended to enhance creativity. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. And um, we, we talked in the last episode about drawing, and uh, I think doodling is kind of maybe a, a segue into this episode. It is. Yeah. Um, we talked about kind of free movement and drawing, and I think uh, that kind of leads into this and also some other topics that have come up in the past in the podcast. It, it seems like a topic that's been sort of hanging there for a while. Uh, early on, I, I guess it was this winter sometime, we had that uh, Facebook question we posed about what do people do um, for their you know, kind of outside their art practice for right, right, and we got we got all kinds of responses <laughs> we, we back. Really and, did, and a lot of them were were really related to exercise or yeah. um, you got like weightlifting and all rock kinds climbing, of all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I have to say, um, it surprised me a little bit to to think about the connections between that and and what you do in the studio, um, and that this was pretty important for a lot of people. And so that was one thread. And then um, a couple weeks ago when I was in Ireland and I talked to um, Nula Clark and Joanna Kidney about intuition, and both of them brought up movement. And Nula talked about how she felt that intuition came uh, as much from the body as from the mind or the feelings, and that there are things our, our body kind of wants to do when we're, when we're painting. And Joanna mentioned just simply moving loosely in the studio setting. And I think, um, I have to say, um, I suspect a lot of us secretly dance a little when we're in the studio. <laughs> I know I do. Don't really want anyone to walk into me doing that. But, <laughs> you know, I've got some good some good music on and I'll, I'll kind of move and shake a little bit around the studio. And it is really a good, it not only loosens up your muscles, but it may loosen up other aspects of your creativity. So we're going to talk about kind of both those aspects, the more pointed physical exercise part, and, right, then, right. and then how it, how other types of maybe more freeform movement are part of the part of what you can do in this well and there's also like uh is it zumba the zumba <laughs> zumba is that it yeah <laughs> i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i used to do it but i can't remember the name of yeah it. right <laughs> Yes, yeah, so there, yeah, uh, Nia and Zumba. There's there's various um, classes now that you can take where you're you're moving very creatively and spontaneously right. in a type of dance, hip hop dance classes. And they're very good exercise. Yeah. Um, and but they have this creative aspect to them. So uh, even you know some of the things that people mentioned in the in their responses were much more traditional. Things, walking, swimming, bicycling. Um, I thought the comment about rock climbing was very interesting, that it required such focus to know where to place the hands and feet 
with dire consequences if you get it wrong. So, <laughs> um, And so I thought I'd start with sort of those more traditional physical fitness kind of things. And I, I, I know it's not a great topic for a lot of people. I think I think a lot of people feel somewhat bad about themselves because they don't they don't engage in much physical activity. It's sort of a guilt thing. Well, and and physical health, I think, um, encourages mental health. You know, if if you're watching what you eat and you're you're staying physically fit, then you're gonna ha- you're gonna be more active mentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's part of the big picture. But you know, there are a lot of people that resist the idea. And I'm thinking of my dad here, who always had these great sayings. And one of my favorite ones was. Uh, when I think about exercise, I lie down until the urge passes. Right, right. <laughs> and I think a lot of people can kind of relate to it. It's like, we don't really want to have to do it. It seems like an obligation or something. And I also want to acknowledge that there are people listening to this that, that are limited in their physical activity right. by their health conditions or whatever. And I don't want to exclude anyone. But I think there are other ideas in this podcast that I think can apply to there are interesting ideas that can apply across the board, even to simply stretching um, and trying to loosen up your muscles. And so thinking about that that range of activities that people talked about, um, the more exercise kind of thing, the sport kind of things. Um, and I thought, well, what what do we gain as artists by being involved in this kind of thing once we get past the, uh, the hump of not wanting to do it? Um, and, and you started out in your intro talking about the physical, the physicality of a lot of art practices, almost everything, except if you're doing maybe some very small scale work, um, you're hauling things, you're even, no matter what you do, you're probably doing some shipping and boxing and carrying and um, bringing in boxes of supplies and all these things. And then some art practices really can be pretty vigorous. <laughs> uh, I mean, you used to work with clay, and, and that's one of the ones I think of where you got to thump the clay around to get it ready. And Yeah, wedging clay is a serious workout. Yeah. And then, um, you know, even if you're working at a wheel, you might have a kick wheel and you're doing that. And um, you have to have the strength in your in your upper body to control the, if you're making a vessel and so many things. I mean, various types of sculpture really require some, some strength to pull it off. And in my own work, I know (laughs) just scraping um, and working the palette knife. Sometimes I get really kind of tense and sore just from that repetitive action. So being physically fit, obviously, you know, helps you with all that. And um, when you exercise, it releases tension. So, you know, we have body tension from these repetitive motions, but we have also maybe emotional tension because we're trying to make something and it's not coming out right or whatever it is, where we go through a cycle of emotions in the studio. And so sometimes just walking away and getting on your bike or taking a walk is just a perfect uh, segue into coming back and then doing something when you're a little more relaxed. And um, and I was also thinking about the social interaction that some of these things involve, because as artists, we get we can be quite solitary. But if you play tennis, or if you swim on a swim team, or you do any number of things that where you're out with other people, or you just simply enjoy taking walks with people or hikes, you know, all those things 
um, have that social dimension. And you may be socializing with people that are not artists, which is interesting, too. It's good for you. Well, and even if you just go to the gym and you put your headphones in and you're on the treadmill or you're lifting weights, um, usually there's still lots of other people around. And, And just kind of being around people, even if you're not interacting with them directly, um, can can just get you out of your headspace a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Just it gets you out in the in the community doing something, and I think there's also there's an aspect of challenge to a lot of this physical stuff where you, um, at different levels. Like if you're doing a solitary sport, you may think, well, yesterday I cross country skied for a mile. Maybe today I'm going to push it a little further, and so you're challenging yourself on a whole other level or if it's a team sport or, you know, you're playing tennis with a partner, whatever it is, there's obviously this aspect of competitiveness and competition, which is a healthy form of that and a bettering of yourself. And so I think those things in some way probably play into our general mental health and um, feeling of, you know, you're accomplishing things, you're, you're getting better and, you're seeing this gradual improvement in your skills, which is, you know, that is pretty related to what we do in the studio. So Right. There's this sense of, of delayed gratification that I think we've talked about before, um, but it's worth talking about again. Um, you know, this is this is one of those, those um, mental skills that will help you in the long run with whatever you're doing is being able to look at the long term mm-hmm. um, and being able to, to do something that may be difficult and may not be very rewarding for a, a pretty good chunk of time before it has a payoff. Yeah, there's a, there's a pretty direct parallel with that, with starting any physical activity when you're, you know, right. you start and, out like, Ugh. and we live in an, in an instant gratification culture. So that can be very difficult to develop those, mm-hmm. those mental, emotional skills to be able to persevere when things are not paying off yeah. immediately. Yeah. And the first couple times you try to do something, you're going to be pretty bad and you're going to get tired and sore. And But maybe you see a little spark. You see a little, oh, that was actually pretty cool, even though it was taking a lot out of me to do it. And and it is, you know, I'm thinking, yeah, starting a, a new technique or learning a new art skill, same thing. Right, much like learning how to draw. Yeah. Call back to previous episode. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So we start with what we have. And for myself, okay, so full confession, I am not really engaged in a huge amount of physical activity, but I really like to walk. And I walk I walk here at home. I walk when I travel and I have a little, you know, pedometer on my iPhone thing. And I like to say, oh, well, I did, you know, eight miles. That's pretty good, you know. Um, sometimes it's not nearly that far. But I kind of look at it and kind of keep track of it and push it a little bit sometimes and, and feel kind of proud. Like, yeah, I can I can get around. And it, and it gets you out into nature, and which does. is kind of your inspiration for a lot of your work. So. Yeah, I think, I think walking is a great activity for artists because... It's a slow, it's kind of a slow activity, but it's very, um, you're very present. You're very, if you're not caught up in your own head things, and I, I do try to just look at what's around me, especially when I'm in a beautiful place, like you say, in nature, and just just looking at things as I walk. And so it becomes a sort of meditation. And at the same time, getting that exercise and, and all that. Um, and at other times in my life, I have, I have engaged in, in creative dance and things like that. And 
I, you know, when you when you stop doing something like that, you feel it. And I don't know if you do at your age, but you know, when you're older, it is. You, you can tell that you're becoming less limber, and you're, you know, you just you don't have the stamina. Yeah, and it's it's been difficult for me because you know I I've been working so much, you know, and and time is so limited in my life. Um, and so I, I used to go to the gym, you know, on a very regular basis, I'd run a couple miles and then I'd lift and I'd do that, you know, three times a week or something. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's been increasingly difficult for me just with my workload to make the time to do that. Right. And I, and I do feel myself kind of slowing down. I mean, I'm, I'm inching towards 30, I'm turning 30 in, in just a few months. And uh, that's kind Getting of a, old, Ross. Well, it, it is a point where where it starts to get a lot harder to mm-hmm. maintain your your fitness yeah. level. Yeah. Um. And so you know, I'm I'm kind of hoping that as my various kind of entrepreneurial efforts hopefully start to pan out, then I'll be able to stop working, you know, eighty hours a week or whatever. And <laughs> but I mean, but what you're saying is, you know, it is. A, very common feeling that we don't have time for this right and, right and even like i'm saying i walk i might walk for miles and miles it's because i make the time because i don't have my time is my own time usually i can right i can schedule myself when you when you're really tied to a schedule it is a lot harder but um yeah when you're a creative person if if that's your your vocation um, you know, I, I think that some kind of physical activity can easily be considered part of your creative process. There you and, go. And so it's something that, that maybe is easier to budget time for. I mean, it, for me right now, it's like I'm, I have a very regimented schedule. And so mm-hmm. yeah. it's very difficult for me to, to fit in 20 minutes to, to yeah, work Yeah, no, I think that's, that's kind of a good, a good lead into the other thing that we wanted to talk about, which is that it is, can be very enhancing of your creativity to... Um, to engage in in physical activity as in exercise and other kinds of movement as well. Um, and, um, you know, we kind of talked about just the general physical mind, body, spirit connection there a little bit where you feel your mood can be enhanced, you feel more in control of your life, et cetera, et cetera, when you're, when you're getting some movement in. Um, but kind of getting back to what... Um, uh, Joanna and Nula brought up where there was a really we the topic was intuition and they both said oh there's some connection with movement for them and so um, it, there is something about just simply moving in a loose manner like just swinging your arms around or just stretching you know rolling your neck around anything that rolling your shoulders anything that loosens those muscles um is one one aspect of that I think to to keep the blood moving and take that little mini break you know <laughs> just get the blood pumping um but uh it was interesting I I was online and I thought well what what's been written about this because it seems like it makes sense right I mean and it's something a lot of people do intuitively they they know they need to move when they're when they're working um so I found this um, study that was published in the Journal of Experimental Psychology, and it showed um, that um, there were ways of moving that seemed to bring about more fluid or creative thought. And the experiment involved people that were given either fluid 
circular motions to kind of just trace with their finger. They weren't even moving their whole body. So one group had these fluid movements, and the other group had a more rigid, uh, linear type of uh, pattern to trace. And after they had done this, and they tested these two groups with various questions related to creative thinking, um, solutions or ideas or ways of ways of talking about things. And the, the group that had participated in the fluid motion registered as being more creative, being having more interesting ideas. And this was just one little thing they did, you know. And so when you think about that in a bigger picture, like maybe you dance around the studio or maybe you um, go outside and, and nobody's looking and just sort of spin around a little bit, you know, <laughs> anything that is that kind of really loose movement. Or if you're painting, and I think on large-scale painting, one of the reasons it does appeal to me personally is because there's more body movement involved in it. When you're when you're swinging, um, well, I don't use brushes all that much, but when you're swinging your painting tool, whatever it is, your squeegee, your bray, or your brush, and your whole arm is moving with it, it has a way different feeling to me than when it's a wrist movement. And I think a lot of people that work on large scale would would agree with that. You're almost dancing with the paint, you know, when you're when you're doing it. Right. So you're building almost like that muscle memory for how to move your body in a way that's going to translate into movements within the art piece. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's quite different than a, a really rigid approach. And not that you know, within a certain painting, I might have a very controlled line, or I might have an area that's painted quite precisely, but some combination, or at least in the initial stages of the painting, of just moving with it. You know, it feels good. And um, I thought the article was interesting in saying that that is actually feeding your work. And so if you don't have that in your work, even if your work is quite precise, do something. And, you know, we we were kind of talking about doodling and, and drawing in a sketchbook in the last episode, which can be very loose and you don't have to show it to anybody <laughs> it can just be um, your own private you know moving around you can get some big sheets of newsprint and a piece of charcoal and just scribble right right and that would be good you yeah can, you can throw it away afterwards you know and, but and my understanding is that just getting up and moving actually increases your productivity that it just gets it makes you more effective like after i just spent all that time talking about how i don't have time to to get out and work out anymore i i do realize that um you know if i did make the time it would actually make me more productive that that yeah. 20 minutes you know lifting or running would would provide dividends in the future in terms of, yeah. of increased productivity. I, I think there's been, you know, I'm aware of other research about um, certain kinds of learners. People, right, kids, right. learn better when there's physical movement involved. Um, right, which which can make the the school system very frustrating for a lot of people mm -hmm. um, because they're they're physical learners and sitting at a desk still. Uh, is not a way for them to to absorb knowledge. Right. Yeah, so I mean, you know, think back to your own childhood. Were you a kid that felt restless in the classroom all the time? And maybe now you're you're sitting at a drawing table or an easel all day. Um, you know, listen listen to your to your body and and your memories and say, um, nobody's looking. Get up and dance. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Even if they are looking, maybe you're a better dancer than you realize. 
<laughs> it's funny. I have a, I have a, a bartender at uh, the place where I work, and she's actually uh, she teaches dance and she judge, judges dance competitions on the side. Oh yeah. And and so whenever she asks me for so like if she wants to you know leave a half hour early or something because it's slow, I'll be like, can you ask in the form of interpretive dance? You know. <laughs> That sounds hilarious. Oh yeah, she's she's pretty good at it actually. <laughs> I mean, it's play, you know, it's play. Right. And and I think If you're having a good time, then other people can tell. Yeah. And maybe if we if we look at our our movement our the ways that we can loosen up our bodies in a playful way instead of like, oh yeah, I got to do this or that. It's you know, it puts you in the right form of mood, I think to to just let just go with it. You know, right? <laughs> um, and I, I also am aware of certain um, art workshops where they combine yoga with um, with workshops. I'm teaching at one this winter in, um, in at Bennington College in Vermont, and I noticed that there is a yoga session scheduled every morning. It's optional, but obviously there's an awareness that this might be a good way to start the day when you're going to be very focused and perhaps. Um, pushed in an intense way in your workshop to begin with stretching and centering and all that you know it's very healthy i may do it i don't know it starts pretty early but (laughs) well it's a good way to get the blood pumping in the morning um you know it's a very normal part of uh in japan and it's been for decades they everybody everyone does radio exercises every morning mm-hmm. um and it's a normal part of the workplace to yeah to i don't know how we exercise you know i think in our culture it's it's quite um compartmentalized this is your exercise time and then we then we go into mindsets like well but i don't have the time right but maybe right. if it is just i'm going to get up and run up and down the stairs three times you know <laughs> maybe that's it's just i suppose just a shift in attitude Right. And the more you do it, the the more you will reinforce that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's difficult to get up and, and get moving the first few times, but there's an endorphin release every time you do yeah, it. Yeah. And over time, it you, you start to crave it like an addict. Like, I, yeah. need, I need to get out there and exercise. And I don't know how many times I've just resisted. Oh, yeah, I, I, I do want to go for a walk. But on the other hand, isn't it nice to just sit here, you know? Right. But then once you do it, you're happy that you did it. Well, and your your brain um, has this this thing. One of the driving forces in your in your psyche is actually conservation of of, of calories. Mm. Uh, we tend to crave low calorie activities not food and we, well we we <laughs> we want to consume as many calories we as we can and burn as few as possible oh, and that's that's a survival thing going back thousands of years yeah uh when food was scarce so yeah. calories mattered and and today um you know it's like we have the opposite problem it's a recipe for disaster exactly exactly <laughs> we we need to retrain our brains to avoid high calorie foods and crave high calorie activities <laughs> and it's something that we're not really built for as people um, so it's it's something we need to reinforce. Yes, and you know, like I said earlier, it's a challenge, and it's good for us to challenge ourselves in in the studio to bring it back to art and in our physical lives as well. So um, anyway, I'm sure this has been an amazing pep talk, and everybody listening to it is now <laughs> getting up off the couch and you know moving. Right, right? this would be a good episode to listen to on the treadmill. <laughs> Well, that about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. 
please make sure to check out squeegeepress.com as well as www.rebeccacroll.com and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.